Hello, and welcome to Thrive, a podcast that gives you strategies and inspiration to help you live your best life. Learn from us, two cancer survivors, as we show you how we don't just survive, but thrive. Before we begin, a word from our sponsors. We are so happy that the Tea Spot is a sponsor of the Thrive Podcast. Their beautiful teas are handcrafted and come in an assortment of different flavors. You can try their teas by going to theteaspot.com and using coupon code THRIVE for 15% off of your entire purchase. Hi, I'm Dara Kurtz, author of the book Crushed Cancer, the book I needed when I heard those terrifying words, You Have Cancer, available on Amazon, and creator of CrazyPerfectLife.com. And I'm Garth Callahan, the Napkin Notes dad. I'm a seven-time cancer survivor, author of the book Napkin Notes, and founder of NapkinNotesDad.com. Welcome to our show. Today we have such... This is going to be a fun show because recently we did a show about taking our kids to college and it was all about transitions. It was really how to navigate the waters of any type of transition. And Garth and I each have a daughter who recently started college. And so we did a show talking about the way we were viewing this time in our lives, this transitional time in our lives and kind of how we thought the college drop off was going to go, how we thought we were going to feel about everything everything and let me just say well, well we well, were wrong <laughs> we were pretty we were pretty high and mighty to a certain extent right from a certain point of view we were talking about life transitions and how you just need to manage your feelings and blah 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 and i have a big piece of humble pie in front of me right now right and the thing is is that we were both so sure that we were right about how it was gonna go, how we were staying in the gratitude space, we were so happy for them, we weren't really feeling sad, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? Here at the Thrive Podcast, when we're wrong, we say we're wrong. I have to say, there's still a big part of me that was right. I'm incredibly happy for my daughter. True, true. Uh, You know, this is absolutely the right thing for her. I wish, that back when I was a young dad, that maybe I had. I, you mean we're not? You're not a young dad. I'm not a young mom. I'm I'm less young. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm youth challenged. I wish that I had maybe brought Emma up to be meeker and less decisive, so that she would want to basically stay at home and live with me forever. But instead, you know, I had this focus on strong, confident young woman, which she became and moved out of the house. Yeah, we are feeling nothing still but gratitude for our daughters. And we do feel like a lot of what we said was, you're right, we still feel really good about a lot that we said. But I got to tell you, I did not think that I was going to be hit with such a deep feeling of, I mean, I felt like my heart was broken when we said goodbye to Zoe, we got in the car. And then it's like I was just kind of waiting to get into the car before I just hardcore lost it. And then, you know how Oprah says, like, the ugly cry? Mm -hmm. There was some serious ugly cry going on in the car. And I really did feel like my heart was broken for the car ride, for the whole car ride, and then we got home, and I was still feeling terrible. And so I immediately took a shower, immediately put on my pajamas. Like, that's kind of my thing when I'm really sad. I just want to be in my jammies. I made a cup of tea. I did what I recommend anyone do when they feel this way. I binge watched reality TV for like (laughs) two hours. So I have to ask what reality TV? Okay, I am actually a little bit embarrassed to admit this. 
You're never going to guess what I binge watched. But gosh, it felt so good. Ready? Uh, <laughs> the Amazing Race. Oh, no. It wasn't yeah. oh. that. Dancing with the Stars. Okay. It's way too much quality. You're oh. giving me way too much credit. Ready for it? Yeah. S- Sister Wives. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's about a polygamous family and <laughs> <laughs> it's a reality show and there's four, there are four wives. Anyway, we're not talking about that show, but let me tell you, it was just two hours of pure chill. It's exactly what I needed. And I literally cried for two hours while I was watching this. And then John came into the, Mike, John, my husband, he came in and he was like, okay, enough. We're going out to dinner. Get dressed, wash your face. We're going to go out. And Avi was out of town. My other daughter, Avi was out of town. And I kept kind of texting her. And I was thinking, I'm going to feel better if she makes me feel like I'm needed and tells me how she's doing. She ignored me. She didn't respond to any of my texts. So I'm like, okay, one of her daughters is in college. The other one is completely ignoring me. And I was just totally sad. But, you know, I did get dressed and we did go out to dinner and The next day I got up, I took a long walk. I've been feeling nothing but exactly the way I thought I was going to feel since that experience. But I did have to cry. I did need to release it all. It felt so good to get it out. So I didn't have that same exact experience. You mean you didn't watch two hours of Sister Wives? (laughs) I didn't. So That's a shocker. Imagine this. And and so... You know, let's not forget that I've had a pretty, I've had a pretty crappy hand dealt to me from a health perspective in the past couple of weeks. You've had a shitty couple of weeks. Okay. We're just going to say it. You've had every possible thing thrown at you. And then to know that your daughter's going to college during that same time, I've really been thinking about you and Lisa a lot lately. Well, because of that. I, I, I really appreciate that. And thank you because I'm not thinking about myself necessarily. There's so much going through my head. I will admit, I don't think that I'm a crier. However, I do get choked up. I'm just going right. to have to disagree with you there. Okay. I, I actually think that <laughs> I think that you are very comfortable showing your emotion. Oh, absolutely. And, and I love that about you. So I don't know if I'd say you're a crier. But there are a lot of episodes, Garth, when you you're, you close your mouth <laughs> when you are. I, I think it's fine to say that you that you openly show your. How could you not be? All right, go on. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, I, I hear what you're saying, and yeah. and I don't disagree. The past couple of weeks, I've had really high days and really low days, and you know, I'm traveling, I'm going to Iceland, and I'm just looking out across the landscape, and I might get choked up a little bit tear might well up in my eye, but I'm not openly boohooing per se. There have been a few times where I've openly boohooed and and I've been alone in the house and I can't figure out, am I crying because my daughter's going off to college? Am I crying because we just found a lesion in my brain? You know, what's going on? I don't know where to kind of like put that emotion because so much is going on. You know, there have been some times in the past week where Emma's packing up or... Emma has chosen to go out to dinner with friends and not have dinner with Lisa and me, where I've really struggled with that. Yeah, I can understand. We had the same thing. And there have been some times where I've been reading in bed and my mind starts wandering. I've turned a few pages and I realize I have no idea what I've been reading. It's because my mind is on Emma. And of course, I'm incredibly happy for her. The opportunity ahead of her is phenomenal. But we had to bring her up on Sunday. All Saturday, I was just 
a wreck. I had to keep leaving the room because I didn't want her to see me so upset, especially knowing that she's pretty in tune to my health and I didn't want her to mm -hmm. think that I was worried about the health. I was also a little bit grumpy. Things were bothering me that probably wouldn't have normally bothered me. It but was, that was happening because you were upset about it. You were transferring yes. your feelings and it was coming out in the form of maybe anger, but you really, you weren't angry. You were just, that's how it was coming out. Exactly. So Sunday morning comes around or actually sat Saturday evening comes around and, uh, and I ask Lisa, so what time are we leaving? And Emma can't check in until nine o'clock. It's about a two hour drive, you know, plus or minus. Mm -hmm. And, and Lisa said, well, how about. 615 <laughs> and and i'm thinking in the back of my head oh i we've got to load up the truck because there's no way all of this stuff is going to fit into lisa's car we've got to load this up and i'm going to be doing this in the dark because i'm the load master and i turn to lisa and i say so we leave at 615 we're going to get there at 815 what are we going to do for 45 minutes just sit around with our thumbs up our butts and Emma burst out laughing. She thought it was well, that's hilarious. good. That's good. Well, because Lisa is very much like that. She she like wants to get on the road right away. Uh, yeah. So when you came to visit me, remember the time we were in the mountains, and then y'all were leaving that day. You left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like we're up. We're loaded. <laughs> we're out the door, and y'all. I mean, I'm just kind of like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, what just it's, happened? It's like she's <laughs> she's she's in such a hurry to get to the next step, even though that next, you know. For us going home, that was easy, right? We could walk into our house. But I'll tell you, every time we go to Nags Head for vacation, we can't check in until three. It's a four-hour drive. And the math says, leave some somewhere around 10. That gives you an extra hour of flexibility. And we're leaving the house at like 7.10. <laughs> well, you, don't, you know what? You don't mess with Coach Lisa. Yes, absolutely. So we get past that. I am ready at 6.15. The like the car was already, it, you already, you loaded it all. Lisa and Emma actually loaded it the night before. Wow. I had to tie it down. Okay. Um, so I tied it down actually the night before as well, covered it with a tarp, made sure the tarp was secure. So no dew got on this stuff. 6.15 rolls around and I am awake. I've had my first cup of coffee and I am ready to go and we just stall. Because the adrenaline is there. I mean, it's, it's been out there for so long. And it's almost like, were, were, were you happy in a way that that day finally had come? Because we kind of felt that way. Like, okay, let's just tear the Band-Aid off. I, I was happy. However, I was also still very overwhelmed with the two-hour drive that we had ahead of us. So <laughs> no big deal. We leave, we leave a little bit late. Not a huge deal at all. We're trying to listen to music. We're listening to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on a podcast. You know, we make a couple of pit stops. We get there at 8.50-ish. Hmm, that was good. It was Fantastic. The line to get into campus, uh, and if you can imagine, WNL is it practically in the middle of, of Lexington. Lexington's a really small town. There's like one little tiny road to get to Emma's dorm, and we're moving at around negative two miles an hour. No big deal. Emma hops out of the car. She goes to get her room key because we're not moving. She might as well walk and, and pick it up. And then we commence unloading and everything like that. And so we spend the next four hours getting Emma's room put together. Um, and, and I'm kind of just like the handy guy. Try to hang this up. Go back to the car. Oh, we forgot this. Where's the hammer? Right. The command strips. We weren't allowed to use hammers and nails. It was oh, all yeah. about the command strips. So we had hammers, hammers to put things together and to right. move the bed. Right. So we could move the bed up and down. 
Right. Um, but we also had to use command strips. But guess what? You None forgot. of them worked. Oh, no. I, I think the rooms, I think the dorm rooms had been freshly painted. Oh, no. And so no matter what we did, you could hear all up and down the hallway, like bulletin boards crashing to the ground. That is such a bummer. Yeah, I was looking at our picture and I was thinking, hmm, there's no, why does she not have any pictures? I actually thought that. I'm like, where are all the pictures? Nope, that's exactly why. That and, makes sense. And so we're so focused on getting the room together and how do we get around the whole command strip thing, whatever. So lunch is served between 1130 and one. And for me, it's not that big of a deal. I'll skip a meal, but I know that Lisa does not like me to skip meals. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking at my watch. It's 1130. We're still putting away stuff and 12 o'clock rolls around. Emma runs out with her roommate. They grab lunch. We're still putting away stuff in 1215. And I'm like, Lisa, should I go get lunch for us and bring it back to the room? I was really looking to take this time to like stop working in the room, knowing that Emma could fix stuff later and just take off and, and have lunch kind of quietly. So no, I grab lunch, I bring it back to the room. We kind of eat, eat lunch quickly as we're still unpacking things. And we have our first information session at 1.15. So, and I need to set this up a little bit. I know I've been talking forever and I still haven't set up the darn story. Emma went to school a week early. So there are about 150 freshmen that checked in a week early and they are using that week to go do something as a class, as a team building exercise. Emma's team is walking the Appalachian Trail. So she has her little backpack and uh, she was going to be walking from Sunday until this coming Friday, as is her roommate. Some of the kids were doing volunteer work. You know, there are a lot of opportunities. So we go to this information session and it's basically every kid that's checked in early, every parent or relative or friend that's there checking them in, and I don't know, a hundred or so upperclassmen who are guiding these excursions and some administrators. And we are listening to all of the team leads for the excursions talk about what they're getting ready to do. And so uh, the Appalachian Trail Walk was the biggest group. And there were probably, I'm going to guess, about 40 upperclassmen there to help. And so the lead, the team lead comes up and he's like, hey, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're really excited. This is our 20th year doing it or whatever it is. And students, you know, now's the time to say goodbye to your parents. And you did not know that that was coming. No. And um, I mean, we <laughs> like you knew... thought you thought you were going to go back to the room. You were going to have some time alone. You yes, thought you'd kind of we... be able to have that family cry. Like we all cried together in Zoe's right. room. We all kind of hugged it out. We cried some more. We had some. And, and so I need to, I, I will admit that during this whole presentation, I've been standing behind Emma mm -hmm. and like my left ear, my left eye is like tearing up and mm -hmm. there's a single tear one at a time running down my cheek. And I keep turning it a little bit away so Emma can't see. And I'm just slowly uh, rubbing oh. my hand on Sorry. my face to wipe it away. And then all of a sudden there's this announcement. And, and just start crying. I, I didn't because I was so shocked. Yes. And I think I think all of the students were shocked as well as, you know, every parent. And here was the kicker. There's more. There's more. And, and not so much for me, although it does impact me now, but it definitely impacted Emma. So students, now's the time to say goodbye to your parents. We need you to say goodbye. Go back to your rooms. Leave your phone. And we're going to gather. 
Oh my gosh. And the, that would have caused my that would have caused Zoe so much anxiety to be told that the look on Emma's face was I'd like to think that it was, oh, my goodness, I'm not prepared to say goodbye to my parents right now. But I think there was an equal mix of, oh, my God, I didn't know that I had to Could leave my, my phone, phone in my room. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So did the students they the, say, so did you hug her then? You literally said goodbye to her in front of all those people. And then she left the room or did you go with her? We we all just because of, of how tight the space was, it was standing room only. We all left that auditorium and kind of said our goodbyes a few steps outside. So in front of everyone. Yeah, basically everybody. I don't think I would have liked that. We took a quick picture. Yeah. And then we were just kind of like, bye. I mean, it was just so weird. We knew, Lisa and I knew that we had information sessions to go to that afternoon. We knew that Emma was going to be doing things that afternoon. We just thought that we were going to be able to meet up sometime to like do a real goodbye. So when they send out the questionnaire of how did the drop-off day go, you might write that in there. <laughs> I'm going to say it a was A little like, bit more time would have been nice. Or at least notice. A heads up. Right? So, hey, by the way, when you leave this session, and, and it was only the Appalachian kids. Yeah, um, but I think I would have definitely wanted to know that beforehand. Because like in all the material that we received, everything that we were reading, it said family picnic. And then parents are strongly encouraged to say goodbye to their child after the family picnic ends. Like you knew they wanted everyone off campus at a certain time. Yeah. So we went to the first two information sessions. We realized that this was a lot of rehashing of stuff that we've already heard or seen. We decided to skip the last two. We left campus and Lisa said, you know, I don't really know campus that well. Can we drive around? Well, that's nice. So I'm like, oh, yeah, let's figure out all of the different ways to get into campus, out of campus. Let's see if we can find out where the football stadium is and things like that. Because we had walked campus, but we hadn't necessarily tried to get there from the outside. And there were a lot of things that we hadn't hadn't seen yet anyway. So we're driving around and Lisa's looking, oh, look, here's where the, the sophomores stay. And here's, oh, here's frat row. And all I'm doing is looking around for kids in blue shirts. Aww. I'm like, I know. If I turn my eagle eyes on, I'm going to be able to say, say hi and beat my horn and be that crazy dad. Hi, Emma. Uh, but, but I didn't see her. As we pulled off of campus, literally, it pops you right into downtown Lexington. Lisa said, oh, the Palms, that's a pretty cool place. We had Emma and I had two good dinners there. It was dinner time, so we stopped. We had a nice dinner. Nice. Um, and we drove home pretty leisurely. There were no big tears or anything like that in the car ride home. I think, again, because it was such a shock. It had hit said goodbye. you. Right. Yeah. But it really hit us when we got home when the house was so quiet because we had also put Charlie up for the night knowing that we might not get home in time. So there was no Emma, no Charlie, yeah. just Lisa and me and really quiet. And it, it kind of hit us then that, wow, this was and we were both so tired. We were in bed by nine o'clock. Well, that was probably the best thing for you to do is just sleep it away. So to all of the Thrive Podcast listeners, just to reiterate one more time, I was wrong. We were, we were both wrong, which brings me to our thriving tip for the day. If you're new to the Thrive Podcast, a thriving tip is a little nugget of extra goodness. So here's the thriving tip. When you're wrong, it's okay to say you're wrong. And Garth and I were wrong. And we openly admit that we, boy, did we read this one. You know, I think it's kind of something that you have to experience. You can say it's going to be one way, but until you 
until you leave your kid and drive away and then you have all of those thoughts and feelings hit you, you don't really know what it's going to feel like until you're there. So again, thank you to our listeners who maybe had been through that, <laughs> listened to what we said, and were thinking, who are these nut jobs? I, I think that they were. I'm going to lose any followers from that. I, I think like, that they were just chortling. I just imagine somebody on their walk right? Their, their daily walk, they're listening sure. to the Thrive podcast, and their kid has been in college for like two or three years, and they're like, oh, they, Dara and Garth are just so stupid. They have no idea. <laughs> but at least we can admit it when we're wrong. And again, we were so wrong. So I, I will say, ha have you learned anything from this experience? Yes, I learned a lot of things. But why don't you tell me what you learned, Garth? I, so I think <laughs> the... Um, the biggest learning, the learning takeaway that I have from this is that no matter how much you prepare for mm -hmm. a, a, an incredibly emotional situation, even if you've possibly gone through this before, you might experience that in a couple of years yourself, Dara, when, when you move Avi out. Yeah. That you Absolutely. really aren't prepared to... You don't know what it's going to feel like. Right. And even if I had prepared in every way imaginable for Sunday... I still don't think that I would have prepared for the sudden scar of, hey, turn to your parents and say goodbye. Yeah, no, I agree. One thing that I really learned from the experience was that I have all these self-care things that I do. And another day, we'll, we're going to really talk about this in a lot of different ways going forward. But when I was in that space, I mean, I kind of told you some of the things I did, but I did a whole lot of other stuff too, like meditation and just a whole, I had this self-care routine that I do. It was really amazing to know that I had these tools and these skills and to lean on them when I really needed them and to have them work. And so that was just kind of a really cool thing because I, I felt really sad. My heart felt like it was broken. I needed the tools. I needed to be able to, take control somehow just to know that they were there and that they worked and then they kind of pulled me through. That was a pretty cool thing. I think Which, one of... Yeah. Oh, I, I was I think, just going to say... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing but, that we can actually see each other and yet we still try to talk over each other. You go. Go. I think that's something I wish that I had in my repertoire of things because I'm still kind of new to self-care and paying attention to my mind and my body and my soul um and, and i don't know if it's a guy thing or a garth thing or if it's just one of those things that because of how i grew up I, and my experiences i never really was exposed to that because you know i'm still walking around with this i don't know this daze to a certain extent that says to me that i'm still not quite present yet I'm still kind of stuck on Sunday. Well, I think it's okay to give yourself permission to not feel 100% okay about it. You know, time will definitely help. And all of the self-care tools, you're going to have lots of different ways to get them. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to mention, which I'm going to, you kind of took me right there, is the free online October boot camp. I'm doing a crush cancer self-care boot camp from October 1st through 14th. The link will be available in the show notes. Basically, it's going to be from our free online crush cancer private Facebook group. And so in that group, we're going to meet, you're going to have reading material, worksheets with questions, different things that we're going to discuss through Facebook lives, a lot of different ways that you're going to get these tools. And I think it's really going to help a lot of people. So definitely, definitely grab the link and sign up for that. 
and I'm really excited about it. And, and Garth, I think that'll be a great way for people to really learn some of these skills. In addition, Garth and I are teaching a live workshop November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And a lot of some of what we're going to do during that weekend is really talk about these tools and these skills. And that weekend is going to really encompass so much. But that's at the Art of Living Retreat Center in Boone, North Carolina. So please grab the link. If you are called to participate in this in any way, trust that because it's going to be an amazing weekend. Garth, do you want to add anything about that? Yeah, all I can say is that everybody, everybody, yeah, needs. not just cancer. Right. Not Yeah, this isn't a cancer <clears throat> event. There are people that we all look to for inspiration and motivation. And I think that Dara and I, we use all of those same tools that we're going to be talking about. So, you know, I look to certain people for daily inspiration. I look to certain people. Dara's included in this category. I look to people to, right back at you know, to use your shoulder. Yeah. When, when I need to. And I think that taking this time, which I just experienced myself on, on my wanderlust trip when I went to Iceland and Germany, taking time to kind of untether yourself from your everyday life mm -hmm. and focusing on how to make you better through a purposeful choice, purposeful life, purposeful, whatever you want to call it. Everybody needs that once in a while. And I guarantee if you come to this weekend that you'll get that. Yeah, you're going to walk away from this retreat having experienced some pretty magical moments with the ability to kind of take whatever you've learned in those moments that's going to carry over into your life when you get back and you're going to see things differently you're going to you're going to totally be able to analyze your life look at it clearly and we're really going to focus on creating and living our best lives no, hey, Dara, um, do you remember your first retreat? My first retreat yeah, that did you, I did or no, that, that I attended? That you, that you attended. Yeah, of course. How about you? I do, which is why I asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I mean, I'm, not all, I'm not all that original of a host. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, anything that, of course, I can look back and say, because I remember some aha moments that I had at all of these different retreats. And I think when we're kids, it's pretty common for us to go on a summer retreat or go for a church retreat or whatever. But when we're grownups, we don't give we ourselves. Stop. Yeah, we don't keep growing. We right. stop giving ourselves the ability to get into a space that can help us really focus on ourselves. One of the coolest things, and, and I'll tie this back to retreats. One of the coolest things that I experienced when Emma was born was the fact that I could start playing with Legos again, <laughs> right? And, and it's a really creative toy and it's, it's a toy of really limitless possibilities. Yeah. You can follow the directions or you can decide to make your own stuff. You, you can, can also use, step on them you can and they hurt. <laughs> um, but I would say that your, t your feet just aren't tough enough then. Okay. We have this thing as we become adults, we try to become more adult-like and we lose that play and we lose that ability to kind of step out of your life and pretend or imagine. And I, re I remember my first retreat, I was probably about 14 or 15. My parents had begged me to go to Catholic summer camp year after year after year. All of my older cousins had done it. They felt like it was a good opportunity, which by the way, was really surprising to me because my dad wasn't particularly religious. My mom is more religious than faithful, I think. 
right? She likes the, the book following the letters of the law, but for some reason they really wanted me to go to this retreat. And I kind of dug my heels in and said, no, I'm not going to go to this. And I think it was because they were in such favor of it. <laughs> and finally, sometime around when I was 15, I said, yes. And I went there and was able to step out of my teenage life for just a little bit. I didn't have to put on airs. I could be the Garth that I wanted to be in front of everybody else because nobody there knew me. I was able to participate in the events fully and do it with joy. If imagine you're at the, the Art of Living Retreat and we give everybody silly putty and we're like, okay, now make this. If we did that in real life, like a before dinner activity, when we had people over for dinner, they'd think we were crazy. But at a retreat, you might think, okay, there's a good reason for me to do this. And well, I every, able... everything we do is going to be so intentional. Right. That it, I am certain. It's going to be very purposeful. And so I walked away from that retreat and signed up for another one before the end of the summer. Oh, that's amazing. And then I went back as much as I could right until the time I graduated high school. Because each and every time... I went, I was able to learn something new about myself. And you know how many times that I've done something like that as a grown-up? I can count it on one hand, sadly. Yeah, I, I think we all take this adulting thing way too seriously. So give yourself the gift of making yourself a priority for this beautiful weekend in this amazing location. And I promise you, you will be so glad that you did it. We're just going to have a fantastic time. And, you know, this actually leads me into my napkin note quote. And this will be the first time that I'm actually giving a napkin note quote that I have yet to give to Emma. Ah. Emma, if you're listening, go ahead and skip off for now and, hmm. you know, fast forward a couple of minutes. I've written this down and I just haven't yet given her the napkin. So I've got a box that I'm going to be shipping to her so that she gets a bunch of napkins when she gets back from her. Oh, I love it. And I love the sentiment behind this. And it's three. It's only three words. Chase your fears. Mm, I love that. Chase your fears. Yes. Because you know what? If you never feel afraid and you're playing it safe all the time, you're just hurting yourself. I have a friend who is scootering across America right now. Um, his name is Jeff. I will put a link to his Facebook page in our show notes. And he stopped over for dinner on his Wait, way. is that Jeff from yes. Iowa? Okay. Yes, Jeff from Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, and so he timed it so that he arrived in Richmond um, just, just cool. a, a day or so after I got back from Germany. We had dinner. And, you know, one of the things, Jeff, I hope that I'm not talking out of turn because I'm going to share one of your secrets. One of the things that he brought up to me during dinner was that in, is he was stopping in Asheville, North Carolina, and there was this huge zip line. Yeah. And for some reason, he was compelled to do it, but was terrified of doing it. And I kept asking him, well, Jeff, why are you bringing it up? Why? Well, you know, if it's something that you really don't want to do. Because he then, really wanted to do it. He was just scared. That's the thing. He was scared, right? Yeah. And so I said, if, if it's something you really don't want to do, don't do it. And I will absolutely 100% respect you for that. But if you don't do it because you're just afraid, then we need to have a stronger conversation. So when I thought about the whole chase your fears thing, and by the way, Jeff did the zip line. And loved it. And absolutely loved it. Um, and, and and nothing bad happened. He's going to love that we mentioned that too. <laughs> yeah, he is. Love he you, really Jeff. <laughs> um, and so the, the tagline that I was thinking about for Jeff when I wrote down Chase Your Fears is, chase your fears or else they'll chase you. 
Yeah, that applies to basically every single person and a lot of different situations that we find ourselves in throughout the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to thank you for tuning in this time. I hope that you'll join us on our next episode, which uh, they're released on Tuesdays. Our next episode is going to be talking about our personal soundtracks. Yeah, this is going to be so fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a lot of music planned and hopefully we won't get our pantsuit off of us. Uh, <laughs> I, I am Garth Callahan, the original Napkin Notes Dad. You can find out more about me at napkinnotesdad.com. I'm Dara Kurtz, author of Crush Cancer and creator of crazyperfectlife.com, and we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thrive is created by Dara Kurtz of Crazy Perfect Life and Garth Callahan, the Napkin Notes Dad, with the hope that we help you develop motivation and inspiration to make your life remarkable. It would mean so much to us if you shared this with your friends and family and left us a review on iTunes. Remember, you deserve to thrive. Thrive Podcast is copyrighted by Dara and Garth.